0: Sci-fi. I'm Summer Brooks, and my guest today is writer-director Javier Reyna, whose newest action thriller, Do Justice, will be out from Sabin Films on November 24th in theaters on demand and digital. The movie stars Kellen Lutz, Jeff Fahey, and Efren Ramirez, and it's a hoot. If you're looking for a, a fun action popcorn flick this this is one for you and I can't wait to ask Javier questions hello Javier
1: thank you for uh, your time do you get to watch the movie then
0: yes I did it was very entertaining I'm uh it's very curious about it because I'm a I'm a big Jeff Fahey fan I've enjoyed uh his his work in tv and film over the years and Watching his performance was, was so much fun for me because you could tell he's an accomplished criminal. He's used to a certain level of uh, success and he has expectations. And it just seems like this particular crew that he's the boss of were not top tier talent. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, <laughs> he got to work with, and it 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 makes for such an interesting dynamic between him and them, and him and Kellen's character Max, who was whose family basically was brutalized by this gang, and the the pacing of the character development and the action was so much fun because usually it's too fast or too slow and you're not sure why people are doing certain things but this (laughs) one built up in such a wonderful way that you cared about the different people who were involved and since you also wrote this how how long did it take you to to write this and get the characters essences where you wanted them
1: um, I pretty much took all the way till the end. Um, uh, the thought of the movie, um, came after the, uh, Newtown, Connecticut, uh, murderers in, uh, you know, the
0: mm-hmm.
1: Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. And I was a parent of two little kids back then. And when I took him to school and I heard the news, uh, you know, I just felt like crying right in the middle of the, uh the schools, you know, these kid's so cute there. And I kept thinking, you know, what what would I do? How would I go on if somebody just came into this place and did the same thing? Um, And then they kill themselves, you know? It's like, you can't get any justice and uh, they're really kind people that decide to forgive and move on and I, I, I realized that I think I'll be somebody who probably go completely insane and I started writing the character of uh, Santiago, somebody who uh, is a cop and has these feelings about the system being not great, but he has a restraint because he's a normal human being and has a job. And then I go, well, what if? And then there comes Max who He's willing to just lose everything because I mean, he feels like he lost everything already. So there's nothing to lose. So what the hell? Uh, and Santiago says that to him, you know, if something like that happened to me, I might end up in jail, but uh, it is what it is. Um, and in a way, uh, Max is going to be playing what Santiago could only wish he had the guts to do. And then speaking of Jeff, I didn't want the character to be generic uh, because uh, I thought if I was a bad guy, chances are it's not going to be all smooth. It's going to be crap and not going to do something stupid. So I wanted to have some of a corporate ladder feel to his character where it was obvious that at a certain point he screwed up, he got demoted, he doesn't have the budget for the real group. Um, and he has to put with a micromanaging boss, um, so you know, even in the dark area, you know, it wasn't all, it wasn't all ice cream either.
0: <laughs> so, what would what was your focus in preparing to uh, cast and shoot this film? Because a lot of the locations in uh, where the story is set in Seattle a lot of the locations looked uh, deliberate for the mood of the scene where was that in, in something if you 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 designed
1: yes um I moved to Seattle a few years ago and there's no movies here every time somebody makes a movie about Seattle it's shown in Toronto or in Vancouver <laughs> and and we have this Area called Pioneer Square where the original citizens arrived here. You know, uh, the Europeans arrived here uh, hundred years ago and then settled and all that stuff. And they have all these amazing uh, brick buildings everywhere and basements. And I used to study such a beautiful canvas. Just to put people in front of them, in some lines like you know, there's a scene within a nightclub, um, and you hear some latin afro music and they were asking me what's the point of that scene i don't know it's beautiful it was a beautiful image considering all the evil thing that might be happening uh i just love the 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 textures that that we got out of the city
0: well i i loved some of the the buildings everyone lives in like a really like old almost historic brick building and the lofts are great. I'm like, wow, I wish I could live in a loft like that. But Yeah, what,
1: it looks like so great.
0: What, what impressed me was just how you, you see Efren's character, uh, Detective Santiago, you see him in sort of a malaise. You can sort of tell that the, uh, the, the job has gotten to him and then he realizes that Max could be him if he had taken a different path and Exactly, yes. Yeah, it, it it's like he he doesn't want to help Max, but he empathizes with what Max has gone through losing his wife, his brother, his 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 daughter. And the interplay between max's i'm gonna call them episodes and the music i'm like wait what where did that music come from because there's the the soundtrack is like it's it's like almost inaudible but then in in big scenes it's there and it's mm-hmm. actually part of the action uh can you talk about the music
1: yeah uh marcus trump my composer uh I have known Marcus since I was 30 years old. He's a German composer. He lives in L.A. And uh, actually, uh, we talk about this stuff all the time. And we miss the old soundtracks from the 70s, you know, the John Williams themes that you remember, the movie sounds like everything is now just moods, but that's what audiences seem to be enjoying. So we just wanted to make sure that the movie had feelings. Uh, And when you work in independent movies, a lot of times you don't have the budget to do enough sound stuff, like music, seems to go out of the window right away. And Marcus is just like the most talented person I ever met. And he just, I just said, I need feelings. bring feelings uh no manipulating just i want to feel it and uh, he goes how about this and how about that and they're both great so we just have to go with one uh and if you look up his work you'll, you'll see the stuff that he's done he's amazing
0: nice now i there's so much about this movie i want to talk about but i don't want to give spoilers because i really do want people to check this out there's there's several levels of storytelling going on that sort of come together at the end, and the the way the three characters, uh, Max and Ellis and Santiago, the the way they come together in sort of a an understanding of each other, that nobody's good, nobody's bad everybody is sort of different levels of all of it and having max have a mental breakdown in his past how much was that supposed to be factored into his actions while taking revenge
1: a lot and sadly a lot of it is missed on time because the movie was originally uh, about two hours and you know, they, 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 they cut it down to an hour and a half. But um, things that were missing, we'll tell you that um, <clears throat> Max was in the Navy. And he had witness and there is a little bit, but it but the cutout is a little on the news when uh, Santiago was looking at the, the news on the, on, on the web.
0: Yeah, there's like a
1: you Yeah, there was a, a rape uh, while well, he was on duty by two soldiers, and Max had reported him. And next you know, they found him in the showers and the barricades all beat up in a coma, and that he was in a hospital for a long time. And then one day he was missing, and um, those two guys were found badly hurt. Uh, and it was obvious that he did it, he spent a few years at a mental hospital in Massachusetts, where he meets his wife, who's a doctor. And eventually he's released under her care uh, because he's, you know, obviously he was, became the guy who, with the damage that caused uh, to him and the anger, just the kind of guy that will see red and doesn't stop unless he's medicated. So he's released under his wife's care with medication. From PTSD, so uh, that's why I make a point where it's like, are you getting your medication? Are you getting your medication? Mm-hmm. Uh, then you know that something's happening. Unfortunately, I have the, the amount of time and scenes to to detail more of his background.
0: Okay, that that makes a lot of sense because I was wondering if him not being able to take his medication led to his escalating behavior and yeah. you just confirm that so cool and it goes
1: to me because i have anxiety attacks and if i don't take my cymbalta you know within four hours everything starts to spin a little bit uh but i get that reaction but there are meds that you know make people react in a different way and, and i just picture well how much you have to push somebody you know and there is a moment where he just snaps and like you know he's a different person which okay. is sad because he ended up being the bad guy
0: yeah i i wish you had had the the minutes to to expand on that and i'm i'm mm-hmm. gonna say when this comes out on dvd will there be extras and <laughs> those deleted scenes. i don't know
1: you know none of that's under my control <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, who do I have to call? Because I will make that call. Uh, I don't know. Saban, <laughs> uh, the
1: producer. <laughs> producer.
0: I will, I will, I will. Yeah, we actually
1: have also, we had some scenes also when uh, a friend was at a psychiatrist's office, discussing how he's feeling. Oh. And he's also in medication. Uh, but he was trying to find his center. And that's why he's trying to stay chill you know it's one of those people who just hates the world at this point he's frustrated and marriage and all that stuff so he's he's edgy um but still restrained so that's why again no spoilers but that's why in the end when the three of them have that conversation is when santiago realizes what am i doing this for <laughs> <You know? laughs> do whatever you got go ahead knock yourself out but yeah i'm out of here
0: well, I, I for one enjoyed this film and now that I know that there's a bunch of deleted scenes that expand on all of our characters, I want to see them and I'm going to start emailing Sabin Films about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you for your scenes. time. Yeah.
1: Do you mind if I ask you, was there a scene that you liked that you said, oh, you know what, I haven't seen this before, I mean. I try not to repeat myself or
0: the, try
1: this, to avoid cliches. So if anybody says, oh, you know, I that was that was, that was at least not predictable. The scene
0: that stuck out to me most was after his two henchmen found the money and they blew up. And he, Ellis is sitting in the car watching the fire <laughs> and the burning money raining down. And the look on his face is just one of those what did I do in a previous life to deserve? Is it the, the incredulity yeah. on Jeff Fahey's face at that moment made me laugh out loud because I did not expect that sort of reaction?
1: <laughs> yeah, because it's always plain tough, right? I mean, Jeff's characters are usually tough guys. Yeah. I mean, men, men. So I wanted to, to be a, be a, have a little vulnerability to him. And, and also, when he's in his house, he's very vulnerable. You're putting your feet in my coffee table. You know, (laughs) I mean, he's like, these people.
0: Well, uh, that's what I like. He has a straight
1: face, but you know that inside, like, I hate these people. Well, thank you so much for everything.
0: (laughs) The movie is Do Justice out from Sabin Films in theaters on demand and digital on November 24th. Again, Javier, thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you so much, Summer. Have a great weekend.
0: And we'll be back with more Slices Sci-Fi right after this. Slice of Sci-Fi
1: Escape Pod The free science fiction podcast Brought to you by Escape Artists.
0: I rippled a welcoming cadence of light beneath my skin. And then, seeing the newcomer was human, made my best approximation of a smile. Welcome to Helixer Transgalactic Lounge.
1: Each week, one story told well. She should have never come back to this god's forsaken junk heap of a space station. But she couldn't help but miss it when she was away for too long from the most astonishing and visionary storytellers of the genre.
0: But because time is a trick of the mind, it can be hacked. And we have gotten good at it. We had to.
1: Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on the web at escapepod.org. And on Patreon under EA Podcasts. Hi, I'm Aaron Ashmore from Sci-Fi's Killjoys, and you're listening to Slice of Sci-Fi.
0: Once again, the movie is Do Justice, out November 24th from Sabin Films. It's an action thriller, and I like this movie. It's choppy in a few places because of, you know, what the director, Javier, mentioned. The, the original cut of the movie was two hours long. It's now, you know, just about 90. And I am curious to find out how much storytelling was excised, how much background, how much more interaction, and, and I want to see a longer version, I want to see the two-hour director's cut, <laughs> and I kind of hope Sabin Films puts out the uh, two-hour director's cut on DVD or something, I mean, I I would love to see a director's cut, or at least a collection of playthrough-deleted scenes, I would love to hear a commentary track with the director and all three leads. I see the potential that this movie could have been more than what we've received, and I'm... I'm hopeful, but I'm also annoyed. <laughs> I don't know if I can explain that any differently. It's like we have a borderline indie movie, small budget, small studio movie, and it's an action thriller with some special effects, with some intriguing shot selections and scene compositions, and for some unknown reason, eh, I shouldn't say unknown, for unusually punitive budgetary constraints. It was edited down From two hours to an hour and a half. It's not like they had planned to film two hours worth of movie and couldn't because of budget. That extra 30 minutes was already filmed and cut together. It's out there, it exists, it's part of a more complete movie. I'm betting an extra 15 minutes would have clarified some of the story leaps that a viewer is forced to guess at what may have happened or what might have been going on in the background. And that bothers me. that That really bothers me because this this movie deserves that extra half an hour that's That's all I'm saying. So if you have a chance to go see it, catch it on streaming, what have you, let me know what you think. Call in, leave a voicemail message. The number is 602-635-6976 or shoot me an email, summer at sliceofsci-fi.com You can also follow up on the website, sliceofsci-fi.com and leave a comment in the discussion section for this episode or hit me up on Twitter at sliceofsci-fi.com or on Blue Sky, at sliceofsci-fi.com. Yes, we're on Blue Sky, I'm trying to get that going. It's a little quieter over there, but it doesn't feel like a dumpster fire. And yes, the there's a warm, cozy comfort that you get used to on Twitter because of how long <laughs> that dumpster fire. <laughs> has been burning but uh sometimes you you stay too close to that dumpster fire and the fumes that are coming off of that are toxic and they kind of like make you loopy or knock you out or are carcinogenic you never know (laughs) anyway (laughs) uh silliness You can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, and iHeartRadio. And if you're listening on Apple or following on Podchaser, please leave us a review or a rating. Let folks know that you are enjoying the show here, and maybe they should check it out for themselves. like to thank everyone who's currently helping to support our efforts here at slice of sci-fi and the other podcasts and websites in the slice of sci-fi universe your pledges through patreon your donations through paypal really do help me keep all of this stuff online so i appreciate your time and your support it really does make a difference here and if you'd like to add your support, the place to go is patreon.com slash sliceofsci-fi where you can pick a tier, any tier, and you'd be eligible for perks. Every month I pick a email address out of the random hat generator. <laughs> the random number generator helps me pick an email address out of the hat. How's that? And that person gets to choose from our selection of books, DVDs, Blu-rays and four K's materials that uh I've been sent over the years uh to review or prepare for interviews. And there's I can't keep it all. So you guys get first dibs at some pretty cool stuff. Occasionally that stuff makes its way to uh contests and supporter perks and uh, if you're interested in helping to support but a uh, commitment to a monthly pledge is just not your style you can donate every now and then using the paypal link paypal.me slash sci-fi summer and again thank you all for supporting. Another way you can support is by checking out sliceofsci-fi.net. That is our curated shop where I'm slowly adding materials that uh, I wouldn't say rare, I would just say favorites of ours that we, uh, we'd we like other folks to check out. That site is uh, a shop populated with affiliate links. So anything purchased through sliceofsci-fi.net does go to help support efforts here. So again, thank you for your support. And that'll do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi next time. Take care.